yeah, I guess you were really vulnerable. And I, I mean, I appreciate that. I believe it takes courage or it does take courage. And it's, it's also, you know, going back to innovation, Brene Brown, she said, vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity, change and innovation. If you're not vulnerable to, again, to the uncertainty being there and you try and kind of like, you know, make it perfect, it's not going to happen. Welcome to the Innovation Metrics Podcast, where we bring you the latest on innovation management. We provide insights on how to measure innovation, innovation accounting, and managing the uncertain process of developing new, sustainable, and profitable business models. You can find links to the main topics covered in this episode and information about the guests and hosts in the show notes, or go to our blog on innovationmetrics.co. Your host is Aaliyah Islet. Hi, everybody. Today marks the 10th episode of the podcast. My guest is Oliver Dürer. We are talking about innovation, but also doing a retrospective on the podcast and my experience with it. I'm really happy to be doing this with Oliver, who has been my first guest ever. Hi, Oliver. Hey, Leia. Thank you so much for having me again. You introduced yourself in, in the first show, but it's probably fair to do it again. Where are you? What have you done? Maybe really briefly, what are you doing right now? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Oliver Durer. I'm a Swiss uh, born and raised, uh, probably global citizen <laughs> would fit best. I've, I've been uh, around the world uh, a few times. I, I like foreign languages, foreign cultures. And my dad is a, an entrepreneur, but a former entrepreneur. And I've realized that has really uh, impacted me quite a lot because he, when software was becoming a thing, then wanted to uh, convince his then employer to do more software uh, development and solutions engineering and and uh, exploit different business models. But uh, the company then didn't see it that way. And long story short, 13 years later, after him having quit and built his own company, uh, his former employer bought back his company. And as far as I know, they're still the fastest growing and most profitable unit of that structure worldwide. And so for me, that was... A great learning. Uh, two things. One was um, it was a steep learning curve for my dad and was pretty tough, but it was also a great growth opportunity. And the other one was that could have been more uh, synergistic and it could have been much more of a win-win. And I think that has been what I've been pursuing pretty much ever since. In addition to that, my, my mom is ambidextrous because uh, where she went to school, there were still, um, what is it called, uh, the religious uh like clerical teachers uh nuns sisters no, nuns there you go thank you nuns and uh she's left-handed naturally and that was the hand of the devil so she needed to learn how to write with her right hand and ended up being ambidextrous and I, that's probably the other influence i'm i'm really a fan of the organizational ambidexterity approach where you have you know exploit on the one hand side or execute where it's your core business and where you know how the sausage is made and it's more of about efficiency making things faster and better that way and on the other hand uh, the explore side where it's unknown and you navigate uncertainty you navigate the unknown and you de-risk and you innovate right you go about building new services new solutions for new problems and potential new customers and yeah so that's that's basically what i'm doing uh with my own company swiss sleep but before that um and we we work with um we we call it we 
potential that we <laughs> catalyze the potential of pioneers to innovate with impact because that's the other thing that i'm really passionate about is actual impact and having social impact and you know uh doing doing well by doing good is what imports is important to me and that's what i'm what i'm after what i'm pursuing and uh yeah i mean we since last time we spoke, a lot of things have happened, uh, and I'm really excited and grateful that I get to do this with as much corporations, let's say corporates, larger structures, larger enterprises, as small and medium businesses, uh, as much as startups and and people who just start out, and cool. also have the opportunity to to teach uh, at university level, to be an innovation coach with. Uh, Hochschule für Wirtschaft Zürich in, in Zurich, uh, their executive MBA in innovation in, um, sorry, I'm the innovation coach, but it's executive MBA in uh, digital leadership. And that is a great connection, basically bringing together the worlds again of entrepreneurship and also entrepreneurship, because there's uh, executives who then basically choose to do an innovation challenge either for their company internally to create value there or actually potentially then start out on their own and create their own venture. So that's exciting and have been uh, 10 years with Nestle before that and have spent uh, three years with Migro and have always been lucky enough or probably also pushed my own luck by uh, building uh, as an entrepreneur uh, initiatives from, you know, on both sides, explore or exploit to, to create as much value as possible that I'm really passionate about. So yeah, that is what I do, where I'm at, and uh, I'm sure we can dig a bit deeper. Yeah, afterwards. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I also, so I primarily know you now personally more than anything else. Um, we connected on LinkedIn, <laughs> have never met in person, but um, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> but it doesn't feel that way really, right? It's really interesting. So um, yeah, so we nerd, nerd up a bit here and there and <laughs> or you know share share other things uh personal things uh, thank you so much Absolutely. for that anyway yeah and yeah so i thought it's a really good you're like the perfect guest to or the perfect co-host or guest on the show today because um you know since the first episode i came you know i've grown a little bit or something or <laughs> i don't know if i have it makes me laugh that sounds kitschy. You've had some amazing guests. I was really impressed. And then I've, right. I've had, had great, great listening experiences. So congrats. Right. It was really nice. Yeah. And maybe you, I think you're also the reason for that. And I think every guest is the reason for the next guest. Right. I think, um, you know, one, like I had zero traction, you know, and nobody asked the question of, oh, how many listeners do you have or something like that? And I feel like, you know, you and then Tristan, you know, shout out. Um, and then every following person has contributed to at least the ability to invite wonderful guests, right? And I think that's probably, it's interesting that you say that, like, if, if I think about, like, in a retro perspective, what went well, what didn't go well, you know, what should go next, what should we do next? Like, what what went well was really the ability to have amazing guests and not just having them as guests, but it felt so natural it was unbelievable like i was nervous right like mm. um in the beginning my guests were always warm and and amazing amazing guests mm -hmm. and i think on what didn't go well i think the biggest thing was that i just interrupted them 
way too much. Like stupidly much, right? And it really, it baffles me a little bit because I do customer interviews a lot. I've done, right? And since I record mm -hmm. them a lot, or have done it a lot at least, right? And I always try to record them. I know there are different opinions out there on it. Like I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of it. So I know that I can let people speak. Mm -hmm. Like in, in certain circumstances, right? And mm -hmm. in this podcast, I think I get so fired up. Like I'm so truly passionate, right? This is not just... Mm -hmm. Like the purpose mm -hmm. of this podcast has and will be one of the purposes to learn, mm -hmm. to challenge my thinking, right? To see where I'm wrong and so mm -hmm. on. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's horrible. Like I was really like, I, there were moments where I was like, this is not okay. Like I wrote people mm. like, sorry, emails, basically. Mm. Like, you know, I said, oh. sorry, if I ever interrupted you. Like in that, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And it was like, I, oh, yeah. no, no joke, no joke, right? Uh -huh. so, uh -huh. so I feel like that needs to further improve. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you, what you just said was also my assumption for the reason why you would do that, because you were super excited. I remember in our first episode that we recorded, you, you, thoughts were okay i want to ask all these questions but which one do we choose and then it's like okay let's go with this one or maybe that one and then it's like i guess it gets challenging to to stay mindful and to just uh explore one train of thought before switching to the other one or seeing how they connect and i guess that's actually also something that i sometimes do even when speaking i have this long thought in my mind and then create this long sentence which is like inter you know there's so many uh, i don't know how you call that in english where it's like sub sentences right and i know what i'm what i'm trying to say but like it gets really challenging for the the listener uh, to then be like and what was the question or like weren't there like two or three questions so i guess that's that's for me personally that's a challenge uh, anyhow as well so just formulating short clear concise questions and then just like go ahead and then listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I believe that. I believe there's um, just like right now, maybe, like in this moment, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'm discovering myself mm -hmm. while I speak or so, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And then I've got several streams of thought, yes. And I want to pack them all in there. Mm -hmm. And then even mm -hmm. worse, I probably assume some prior knowledge to the topic mm -hmm. we're talking about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think part of that last one is fair because we, we are a niche podcast, right? I am happy to mm -hmm. be a niche podcast. I always say we're not a dopamine podcast. I say that to my guest. You know, <laughs> we're not just here to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some innovation workshop with a, you know, with with the fake example for the fiftieth time, where you control everything and hype everybody up, right? And mm. primary deliver, I don't know, some neurochemical cocktail, um, neurochemical, sorry, some uh, biochemical cocktail. Mm. You know? Yeah, 
I, I think I'm happy. I'm somewhat happy with that. I, I can live with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the other things, not so much. Yeah. And and I'm wondering, how do you feel about like what were the reasons why you set out with the podcast? And now right. after you know nine or, or soon ten episodes, mm. how would you say have you been faring against those mm. goals and potentially have they evolved? Yeah. 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 So So the like one intention is definitely to create content. So that's sure. Like that's sort of a no-brainer. Um I do write a little bit more efficiently now. But I thought so I'm very extrovert, so it's natural for me to meet new people or natural. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pleasant to meet new people, right? So that's always something I look forward to. And I thought that's a good combination. But then it's definitely like, can I just speak to people that I'm generally interested in and what they have to say, right? Imagine who I had on the show so far, like every single one. It's just incredible, right? Some mm -hmm. of like the best mm -hmm. of what we do. Impressive, yeah. And... um so I learned every single time I've got to prepare, I got to read up, I've got to, you know, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. And, and so that will stay that that's the end that will stay. So those two things definitely are motivating. And then, um, and yeah, building relationships, like, you know, recently I, one of former guests, I just flipped a quick question, you know, which before I wouldn't have done that way or something. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then, um, and then what became very apparent for me is that it's very confronting for myself to do this actually. Mm -hmm. right? Because so when you go through what I just said, like I didn't like the way I interrupt people and then I can't stop it or couldn't mm -hmm. stop it. Right. And then, oh no, the next episode, I remember one episode where I was like, okay, I hacked it now. And then you listen to it, like, because I edited it myself still, mm -hmm. which has to stop, by the way. Can't do it. Um, not, not for the self confronting reason, more for just time consuming, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you just, you know, you get very, I get very confronted with my flaws, you know, and, uh, or what I perceive as flaws, you know, and where I see growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that alone is a good reason to continue, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a reason to start also. I really like that. So learning, learning from your <laughs> guests, but then also while doing, while going through the process of preparing, recording having the conversations also learning about yourself afterwards when when being confronted as you call it i love that yeah mm. yeah i think yeah let's see got some interesting hmm. people lined up as well really looking forward to it and uh cool yeah gonna look forward who, who so would this you is dream to have on who would you dream to have on? Have maybe not yet there to ask to come on the show? Yeah, uh, that's easy. 
Uh-huh. That's easy. You know I'm fanboy. You know. Um, yeah, Eric Reese. Eric Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Eric, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I could have. Yeah, I have the chance to, you know, there's several pathways um, opening up to, to ask, like, um, yeah, I don't even know if I want to have this in the episode right now. It makes me blush. Uh, but yeah, I'm super like, um, for me, like uh, Eric Reese and actually Tristan as well, who um, mm. have to, uh, I'm really fortunate to collaborate with, but I've, you know, been so, it has been, inf- both of them have been very influential for me, mm. you know. Yeah, Eric Reese has been, has been very, very influential. And then uh, the reason for many obsessions. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm very thankful. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Interesting. That'd be, I would love to listen to that. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me personally, the Lean Startup, when I read it, uh, it, it has since become almost like a way of life, a way of, you know, not just, uh, de-risking professional challenges and trying to find, you know, a way to, to create value, you know, for problems, you know, get the problem customer solution fit right and so on and so forth. And, and I love how um, he was basically saying, he's like, we're still at the starting point. We still need to explore more. We haven't figured it out yet. And it was in many ways, relatively high level still and not that, blueprint that I was kind of looking for in terms of like, okay, what to do now, ABC leading to X, Y, Z. But nevertheless, the way of like the breadth of and the scope of potential or of possible applications of this way of going about uh, life, it has become almost a way of life for me to like, even on a personal level, getting clarity about my own assumptions and then going about finding designs of experiments to then be able to decide whether or not that was actually something to double down on or to pivot away from, right, uh, has been, I guess, also very influential for for me. So, um, yeah, I totally get why you're uh, <laughs> why you're keen on on having a conversation with with Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really strange. It's it's nearly like to like the whole meaning like i don't know why it means so much to me like i I always say this like i think like i'm not sure why this means so much to me right Mm. like i've been of also said it before in the podcast like as a former founder and big big failure um in in that process i just taught myself and other people big stories you know I, Mm -hmm. i i was never I never lied, you know, I never mm. intentionally made stuff up, but I made stuff up and um, mm. wrote business plans and, <laughs> mm. and okay, mm. whatever, right? But, but it was never just me, you know, it was mm. then somebody then I inspired along the way, mm. several people. And I said that before in the last episode with Tendaya, so I shared that, but that was for me somehow it struck a, struck a nerve in, in me, the fact that this can be done more objectively. And mm-hmm. it's not just because of my own life, you know, but how I then can build relationships based on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was too cryptic right now. You see, that's one of the mistakes I usually make. No. So by, you know, by, by forming, by understanding the uncertainty better, mm-hmm. right? It, it alleviates 
some mm. pressure for me, you know, when then doing yeah, an endeavor together with somebody yeah. else, right? So that might be just my personal yeah. like psychogram and like some guilt structure, some jazz, mm. right? But but you know, but it is as I said, it's nearly too meaningful. Like well, what I mean... what 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 sort of and Eric didn't even start like you know Eric you know is still mm. basing his principles or, or what, what you brought to us, you know, on things that, I mean, it's the sci- I mean, the scientific method yeah. is not done, you know, mm-hmm. Eric Ries didn't True. come up with the scientific method. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And we're uh, not it's, it's, scientists and we're not scientists every day. Uh, right? It's not interesting every- what you were sharing. I, I, sorry, see, now I did, I, I made your mistake. I interrupted you. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it, what, what I just wanted to, I think it's, that was valuable for you. What, what, what you shared, that was valuable for me to, uh, as well, to understand. Cause when you said, uh, the understanding the uncertainty better, I would almost wager that it's not just understanding it's, it's accepting and tolerating it to a degree. At least for me, that was what it was. I'm a recovering perfectionist for me. When I was in my oh. corporate career, it was, everything was about perfection and it wasn't progress. It was perfection. It was really like, ah, uh, you know, and, and frankly, it started earlier, way earlier, probably even as a student, I must've been uh, giving some project, uh, co like mates that we worked in a, in a project together, group project, a hard time because I was like, yeah, but we're not done yet. We need to get, you know, 80, 20 Pareto wasn't working for me. It was always more and we need to go to perfection. And then the lean startup approach and, and other tools and, and, and probably skills as well around that ultimately led to a different mindset for me where it was really about like wow there is this uncertainty and it's okay to be with it and to tolerate it and yes you can navigate it and that's what i help uh you know people and organizations and teams doing today because i've been there myself and at a certain point it's just you cannot get it perfect there is uncertainty there will never be perfect information and that fact to deal with that the first step is really accepting it i guess and i i had a hard time accepting that and what i hear from you sounds a bit similar it's like it's not just understanding it it's really also just accepting it that it is there does that sound fair maybe that's also too high level i don't know <laughs> but um yeah yeah i don't i don't no that's totally fair i don't know if i i can find that in myself mm-hmm. okay. yeah i'm not sure I think I see risk always everywhere. Mm, okay. I was joking that I'm always the head of risk, but I'm taking a lot of risk. It's really interesting. Uh, like it, uh, I don't quite understand my own risk appetite. It doesn't really fit with other parts of my personality. I'm really weirded out by it. I just spoke to somebody about it who is a, who's got a master's in psychology and stuff. And it's kind of, I don't uh-huh. quite understand it. It's something I would actually like to understand better. I'm, well, that's what this just triggered in me, at least, to mm-hmm. the acceptance of risk. I don't. I think I accept risk. <laughs> like, I understand. <laughs> Maybe I overemphasize on risk here and there, right? But then, mm-hmm. in where you measure risk well, so in the economic, in, in economic decisions. So how do you? So you know, risk reward mm-hmm. is clearly goes together with entrepreneurship. Mm. I take exponential risk. Like, not exponential. I want to not use that word. I take a lot of risk, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and I thoroughly understand that. And um, 
or took. I take less now, right? A lot mm-hmm. less, but I took a lot. But yeah. And there are other areas where I took a lot of risk. Mm. I mean, I was hitchhiking through Europe and I was like mm. in stupidly dangerous situations, mm-hmm. like on a daily basis, mm. like ridiculous mm. looking back, mm. like like near death kind of stuff, you know, and, and whatever. So I don't get it. Mm. I don't get that. But I don't think that's, so maybe the regulation, I don't know, I'm just trying to, maybe regulating mm. risk better or something. That's, I uh, but yeah. I don't think that what you just mentioned, if you just mentioned mm. just seeing it or just accepting, mm-hmm. it, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't mm. understand what you said. Well, I mean, what I, what I meant is really the, the fact of accepting that it's not going to be perfect that there will mm. always be residual uncertainty and oh. accepting that was for me a big step to be like, well, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay to have imperfect information. Like typically when I was living in Burma, oh. uh, there was no data like in, you know, what I was used to where you get the percentage of the, you know, mm. basis points of market share evolution, et cetera. And there it was very imperfect information. It was sometimes based on uh, like, sample checks in stores how are products doing are they like leaving the shelves are they getting stuck on it why in which type of channel etc etc and so based on that you had to make educated guesses literally on which step to take next to foster you know customer adoption uh, consumer liking and and recommendation and referrals and so on and so forth and mm. i was extremely used to having perfect or, or near perfect information and the tools uh to get that and then when you all of a sudden don't have a huge part of your arsenal that you just used to and you realize well <laughs> uh there is this uncertainty there is this residual risk that is not going to be reduced by much now how do i navigate that and actually, I found that kind of overwhelming at the beginning and then very exciting because it's uh, that's what life is, right? There is no certainty ever, really. And if, then that's you being prone to an illusion. It's, I don't believe there's anything. I mean, that that's a whole other topic. But uh, that's why I think um, tools that Lean Startup uh, collected and maybe developed a little bit further have been extremely helpful in mm. you know in this this kind of context mm. and then i mean i had a, a conversation with brand cooper uh, now it's already like a couple of years ago i believe when he was in switzerland last and we were we agreed on the fact that even though there's this exploit explore kind of dichotomy that even when you're on the side where you think things are known you still need to explore your way through execution because stuff like covid happens there are you know black sheep kind of events black swan kind of events and then all of a sudden from you know overnight what you felt was certain and steadfast and given well crumbles and then what do you do and if you're then not ready to accept that and to find ways or like to have ways to deal with that new uncertainty then that becomes really really tough so i think that that is what i mean there is always this uncertainty and it's it's crucial to be able to embrace yeah. it and to and to navigate it yeah yeah probably i didn't listen well 
That happens sometimes. <laughs> 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 on this on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that that's obviously triggers now everything about innovation accounting, right? So I have mm -hmm. When when Tristan here on the show spoke about ranges, um, mm. and how they're why they're so important for innovation accounting, um, it's interesting. We he thinks, and I totally agree now that ranges and so using instead of using uh, deterministic models, what well, well instead of using one number as an input variable in a business model using a range mm. is one of the things we do in innovation accounting because right that's how we basically quantify our uncertainty around mm. that mm. around that venture better so not just the best case worst case scenario and we're not going to go too much into this right now but we've got lots of resources right <laughs> find the link below but yeah he he says oh like every every business case mm -hmm. should have range-based mm -hmm. models mm -hmm. right yeah. and so meaning even where there's very little uncertainty mm -hmm. i i always use the example you already have a shop for hairdressing in the same town you want to open another one right so you know most of the things you know how much you have to pay your staff you know you know how much you can charge you know you know how much the outfitting is going to cost Now the difference is how much foot how much foot traffic is there. Can you get more staff? Can you scale? Like there are some uncertainties, but like most of the things are known. But it's still worth putting a range on it rather than just one number, right? So, or then calculating mm -hmm. these best case worst case scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> trying to loop back to what you said. Yeah, that uncertainty. That uncertainty. Uh -huh. Yeah exists everywhere the question right so yeah, yeah. it's just so tremendous when it comes to innovation mm -hmm. and transformation innovation is just so ridiculously great and like yeah. Yeah. important I like the not to, one to number assist. principle but the range like ex expressing uncertainty in a range and and not trying to make believe that there's going to be one number whether it's the you know uh high low medium scenario it doesn't matter it's it's always going to be more or less it's always going to be in a range and i mean that's that's the reason why also you call confidence interval right it's like okay and so what is then mm. likelihood that any number within that range is going to be the one that that is hit and uh yeah Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is uh, basically it's it's about increasing your confidence, right? And and that meaning decreasing the risk of deviating too much, right? But even then, depending on, I mean, I, I guess ultimately it's just whatever happens to a degree. Uh, what are you going to do next? What is going to be the next action, and how can you? continuously build upon the additional knowledge that you build and that's something i i like about the mechanics and the psychology of stock markets for instance if everybody knew what the true and fair value of any stock is going to be there would be no need for a market per se it would always be a fixed price right and you could just well that's it you don't need a price finding mechanism right for that then 
and and often even bad news which are objectively bad uh like we've had a few like swiss leading swiss banks uh, recently have a record probably of bad news you know and and sometimes you have the the stock price go up like hey we just let go thousands of people okay cool stock market the, the stock price goes up right and the question is always like why and the the answer is most often if not always is reduced uncertainty because now it's a fact because wow. most likely analysts have been expecting even worse yes. and the fact that it was less even though they have let go whatever 5k people oh it was less than expected so that's good news so the 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 rate goes up again the stock price goes up right so this uh, this has always fascinated me and it, it took me a while to like I don't know, at least that's my assumption that that's, that's the reason behind that, that actually objectively bad news can still be subjectively good or better than expected. By reducing uncertainty. I think that happened. So I'm probably spreading uh, fake news. I think that mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> sorry. I think that happened to Bayer when they bought Monsanto or so. Roundup. Does that trigger anything? And I think they had, and so it was simply, there was a pending some pending lawsuits or something Lawsuit. like that. And yeah. then, yeah, sure, they got settled or they got whatever. And the sum was less than expected mm -hmm. or, you know, potentially anticipated. And then I think the price went up. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm mm. wrong. But I can totally see what you're saying. So information mm -hmm. is valuable. Going back to Eric, you know, mm. the one that learns the fastest wins. You know, I thought it was yeah. one, of these great, one of these great quotes. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and so what are we doing yeah, mm -hmm. we're trying to make sure people learn the right thing at the right time. And mm -hmm. by now, we're trying to make sure that happens more efficiently. Exactly. Yeah. No, I really believe like the skill to unlearn and relearn and then learn at, you know, fastest speed possible is probably the 21st century skill to master is, is really that. Yeah. And I think uh the way like we perceive uncertainty and the tool set and probably also skill set that go with navigating uncertainty managing innovation and accounting of innovation for that matter are key to that by that same token and uh i i believe i mean ultimately for me it always comes down to how can you create as much value for uh, people the planet and you know create prosperity rather than just profits uh is it's just a driving force for me and has been to a degree my purpose to really you know unleash that potential within people and that's why i like to call them pioneers i believe we can all be pioneers all kids are inherently curious and want to know how things work and i think we can rekindle that curiosity within ourselves and um link from curiosity to then understanding and by understanding also empathizing with others and creating win-win situations based on what you just said then like the fastest learner wins i believe ultimately hopefully we'll get beyond that competitive mindset and come much more into a collaborative co-creation kind of mindset where it's not a who wins it's more like how can we create value together how can we create win-win win outcomes ideally so that's another thing that I realize I'm passionate about and that I always try to make happen that it's it's not necessarily about winning. In the case of Bayer, 
um, I actually had the pleasure of working with a with a team within Bayer on alternatives for weeding, and I mean that was an exciting time and 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 experience to be at the heart of that. And yes, we were following closely what is happening, like with you know lawsuits here and there, etc. But right. to see how passionate and how authentically purpose-driven these people were to just trying to find a solution for that problem to feed people and the planet better. Um, not it wasn't about you know uh, getting rid of the bad herbs and the the like the the, the animals attacking the 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 crop. Yeah. It was really about how can we optimize outcome uh, of like the yield of a certain given amount yeah. of earth of terrain. Uh, to uh, you know, to feed uh, whether it's cattle, whether it's uh, ultimately, of course, also people, and and that was exciting. And yes, uh, I guess Monsanto and Roundup that was a that was a significant challenge for for these teams. And uh, yeah, I, I have the utmost respect for the way they were going about dealing with that. And I was I was really grateful to be able to at least support a little bit with uh, you know uh, lean innovation stuff again. Yeah, what next? What next mm -hmm. is kind of is kind of the maybe. This is a, it's a possible question right now. Mm -hmm. I always think I always think, and maybe for the podcast, right? So mm -hmm. uh, my last podcast with Tendai was pretty <clears throat> pretty interesting. Uh, because I think it's just great, right? I think it's just great. Like And uh, an amazing, amazing to listen to. Um, said like did so many good things, you know, to help so many teams along and get better. Uh, but I found myself want or because again, what am I doing at this podcast? I want to learn also for myself, and we want to provide some sort of niche value. I want to like go even further, right? <clears throat> if possible hmm. and so I, anyway i found myself disagreeing you know hmm. and it felt really weird it felt it felt really odd but i think that's i kind of want to create an environment where i can do that i would like to respectfully and not like you know just challenging have, yeah or like more yeah, like a yeah. Yeah, good question. So to More be of a debate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To to okay. allow that. Yeah, I just want to want to learn, and that's what I want to deliver, right? You know, having Eric on the show and maybe not agreeing. You know, mm. Can you explain that to me? That doesn't make mm -hmm. sense to me. Could yeah. you could you unpack that for me? You know, and maybe yeah. even staying with, oh, we both don't know. Like, that's problematic for. <laughs> you know, I think you I mean? should do to, that. It sounds yeah. natural to me as a as an approach to learning and to understand better is like you wanna you wanna steel man it in a way you wanna poke holes into like stuff that you don't maybe understand enough to get a better understanding or get to a conclusion of like well we're it's working progress right and again not because that that shouldn't be sort of the what I mm. want to do with the show I just mm. would like to have that ability because mm -hmm. back to what we did with Tendai like. That show has been haunting me. Mm. 
we spoke about storytelling and I've got a critical perspective and we touched on that earlier before the show, we spoke a bit about uh -huh. it. Right. And, but it, re it has really like the ability to, he actually said, no, let's do it. Like, like he mm. felt like he, it was, it was tricky, right? He felt how tricky it was for right. him. He said, no, do it. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. So mm -hmm. I try to do it. And, um, it has been very impactful has been very impactful and without doing it i would have not changed you know what i mean like, mm -hmm. i like it right now where i'm stuck with this like i, I like tendai changed my mind like tendai changed my mind on something yeah. and i'm still not uh -huh. settled okay yeah. I, i just i'm not sure i see the, the juxtaposition the between delivering value creating value and challenging something or trying to get right. to the bottom of a concept that you may not sufficiently understand or that you may to a degree disagree with i think that both goes really nicely together because you are That's by true. doing so exploring it further strengthening it polishing it maybe even contributing to adjusting it who knows that's true then maybe the problem really is that i'm i don't want to Like disrespectful is a is a strong word, isn't it? I don't want to be, mm -hmm. I don't want to invite somebody on the show and then them having to feel like I'm taking apart what they're saying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm capable. You know how curious I am. Back to what we said in the beginning, like mm -hmm. how fired up I am, how much I care about some of these things. Too much, maybe. Just want to understand. You know, I think I mm -hmm. don't know. Like, well, I guess I, coming I, I from I a place of, of understanding, that's, that's it. Coming from a place of wanting to understand and respectfully um, exploring and, and, you know, digging deeper, I believe that is, that is valid, that is respectful, and that creates value at the same time. And right. I don't, I wouldn't assume that anyone would, you know, if respectfully done, that anyone would feel bothered by that i mean and again if then you you can adjust uh, the course of the of the interview or of the conversation yeah and i always say like you know we don't have to publish the show or i mm. recently said i'm trying to make it very clear like we don't have to publish the show i cut everything out you mm -hmm. don't want to be have in there right that's mm -hmm. for sure right like i definitely i would never and i would never do that maybe i need to just mm. make that a lot clearer and make sure mm -hmm. It's framed better. Yeah. Thank you. I, I hope this, because you, you've got to go soon, right? Yeah. 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 No, I hope this has been of some value to someone, but I felt like for this one episode, I might not care as much as usually. And, uh, you know, just review it a bit with mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, still talk innovation, which we did. I oh, like yeah. it. It was very, uh, I like how personal you made it and how your personal learnings uh, and your, yeah, I guess you were really vulnerable. And, and I, I mean, I appreciate that. It, it, I believe it takes courage or it does take courage. And it's, it's also, you know, going back to innovation again, uh, Brene Brown, she said, vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity, change and innovation or creativity, innovation and change. Okay. And I love that quote. I believe it's so true. If you're not vulnerable to, again, to the uncertainty being there and you try and kind of like, you know, make it perfect, it's not going to happen. 
there's not going to be innovation or creativity or anything. It's just, it's one number. There's not even a range, right? Back to what you said. So yeah, I I really like yeah. that. We enjoyed yeah. that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes I think I need another podcast. Sometimes I think, like, did I tell you that idea about, like, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. But I would like to have a podcast called uh, Corporate Innovation Horror Stories. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Inspired by reality. <laughs> inspired by reality. Just people, because it's just so hard. And it's just so much insane stuff happening. And it's just go like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this yeah. is, this is interesting to listen to, you know, and it's like, I just put more personal and, you know, I, cause I'm so interested in people, but you know, you can't really say anything of substance really publicly. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that always would worry me here is that, you know, I don't want this to be some gossip thing. Like, well, X did this and that mm-hmm. manager did that. And it's just like, Ugh, you know, I don't, I don't want that, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes that's like, that's like another dream, little, little dream podcast. I just don't know how to make it happen. Yeah. Maybe if anybody out there has an yeah, idea how to make it happen, let me know. You can start with an episode and then take it from there. I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole different kind of thing. It can be like a, okay. an experiment, like a sub, a sub, uh, okay. whatever branch of, of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's out there still listening to this um, <laughs> and wants to tell a corporate innovation horror story, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> take it from there. Okay, done. <laughs> there you go <laughs> thank you Oliver I, I really want to let you go um, to give you maybe the chance for a cup of tea or a glass of water before your next one thank you appreciate so much it. for doing this with me really really appreciate it thank you man it's been a pleasure and an honor seriously and let's catch up soon and, and totally geek out on all the other stuff